0: Since the dawn of time, man has been searching for the philosophy of life. Alexander has also been on this quest for the philosophy of life and has compiled a frequency-based philosophy that we will be discussing in this podcast. If you would like to know more about his life's path and how he got to this point, you guys can check out his bio, which is available as the first recording in this podcast feed. So now let's get to the root of what this podcast really is about. Alexander. Tell us a little more about the podcast.
1: Thank you, Aaron. Uh, well, first I want to start off with um, thanking everyone for uh, showing some interest in this information. And this, this podcast, the idea, it was born from conversations that Aaron and I were just having naturally. And so this, this is the, the view of this, is it is an ongoing conversation with us two and everyone out there in the public eye being included. And we're not trying to say that this is the way. We're not trying to uh, be gurus. We're not trying to be know-it-alls. We're really presenting this information in a way of sharing and not looking to be right. The whole perception of this work is getting away from the idea of right and wrong, good and bad, and the views of positive and negative, and to get to a point to understanding that it's all necessary. So, as we go through this, um you know, this is just another way. and as a way that I've compiled over twenty years of lots of study and experimentation due to people just not having answers that I could find that was helping me through my um altercations in life, my challenges. And uh, being able to manage the mind and the emotions seemed to be something that religion and even spirituality had had left out that left me uh, looking and, and seeking. And so this podcast is about the information that I've compiled, and it comes down to how we manage our emotions has a direct effect on how consciously or present we are living, and the basic concept being that when we are in our emotions, we are fully in the human experience and we are disconnected from that, that higher power, that higher energy, whatever someone wants to call that. So during this um, process, we'll be discussing self-growth of how to break habits, um, releasing family lineage that so many of us carry from our ancestors. And uh, focus on the feeling of what it really feels like to be fulfilled and to feel like you're doing your life purpose and you're where you're supposed to be and that things are in alignment, even if things aren't the way that you want them to be. And part of that is how we relate to others. And I'll be using a term uh, frequently through this session that is called uh, just conscious relating. And so understand that when I use this term conscious or consciousness, The definition of that is very important because it's used so many different ways in the world, like the word love. So consciousness is defined in my work as an action or non-action free from agenda or emotion. And the majority of times when people are making decisions in their life, they're actually following an emotion. They're in a reaction to something that they just received from someone. And it creates uh, this ripple of emotional exchanges and very little uh, consciousness is shared or conscious communication is shared in that. So it's very um, imperative how we, you know, connect with people when we do connect with them. And that's what we call, uh, you know, the conscious relating and seeing how our relationships actually, from my perspective, have things to teach us and when our emotions are initiated from an external source, we have a great opportunity to uh, do internal work, and the general consensus being that when we learn to manage those emotions, we have less reactions, so we are communicating with those loved ones around us and even in work situations more optimally. This affects all of our relationships, from intimate to the way we work and talk with our children and social situations and business. And just as an added note, how we raise our children is a direct connection to how we should develop ourselves working toward a more conscious view. And then emotional wellness, the responsibility to have a proper release of emotions, to seek out what is the lesson In this reaction that I'm experiencing and then learning how to manage those reactions in a way to where you're not uh, perpetually continuing the ripple, the emotional ripple, so to say, and to understand that we are emotional beings. We were designed to go through emotions. We were designed to have emotions. So I'm not talking about shutting down and being a non-emotional person. It's very important that we learn to process our emotions And so a large part of this work is going to be focusing on the processing of that emotion. And once again, this comes from my background of being a musician and starting to look at nature through the view of frequencies and seeing how uh, so-called positive energies and so-called negative energies are needed in this life experience. So we're going to be talking a lot about polarity. And the necessity for that and how to get out of judgment of right and wrong, good and bad, and to be able to take in information in a nonlinear way to see a different perspective and to truly create effective change in our beings. So one final note before getting into the meat of uh, this philosophy and the pillars is that I want to share with you a concept of how to receive information. And there's typically three options of how we receive information. We either resonate with information, so it's suggested to hold on to that information. We don't resonate, but there's no reaction. There's no energy besides that we just don't resonate or agree with it. And that's okay. We can just let that information go. And then there's resistance, it's when we don't resonate, but there is an emotion involved. There's a force or there is a, a, a will to disagree. There's a need to step into dualism, so to say, rather than the polarity that I talked about earlier. So anytime we resonate, we want to hold on to the information. Anytime we don't resonate with what somebody says, but we don't have an emotional reaction, then we should just let that go. But pay close attention to what you resist, because if you're resisting it, there's a usefulness in it somewhere. So as we're going through this, if uh, Aaron or I share information that creates a resistance in you, then utilize that. Once again, we're not looking to be right. We're looking to share information and for you to recognize how it is affecting you. And this is a different level of uh, communication and receptivity to information that's
0: around. And at the heart of this philosophy, we have the pillars, which is the foundation, the go-to support system for when one feels off-center or is asking why. We have the techniques, which is the work, and the application or practice of the pillars. And we have the tools, which is representative of the blueprint. And in order to properly apply the techniques, this blueprint is useful to optimally understanding oneself and others involved in the situations. So, Alexander, let's first get into the five pillars.
1: Yes, thank you, Aaron. So, the five pillars is an ever-evolving concept that has been broken down over many years to give one a direct access to um, answering the whys that do come up that we'll be discussing throughout this podcast. And but we're not limiting them to always be just this forever. Because in this work, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing. So this is a work that's being presented in a way that we are hoping to develop a sharing to where there's questions that the public has that they will ask and we can make adjustments because here we're looking for what works not to be right. So in those five pillars where we stand right now, number one, Finding divine order in the chaos. Number two, everyone is your teacher. Number three, polarity versus duality. Number four, emotional accountability and responsibility. And number five, everything is vibration. So now going through a brief description of of each one of these. Finding divine order in the chaos. And I like to shorten that to everything's in divine order when I'm talking with myself and working with myself. This is practicing free will of perception and understanding that that is the one free will that no one can take away from you. How you perceive things is truly up to you and the input that you allow in to alter those perceptions so remembering that that is a, a strength that with perception, it can change as simple as if the color purple is mentioned and someone says, no, that color is actually red. Then they're right, too, because it takes blue and red to make purple. So this is a little bit of an introduction to how we're going to expand our perception about how we look at things, and to look at things a little bit deeper rather than just in right and wrong. And part of the finding the divine order in the chaos is choosing to feel supported in this life rather than being a victim. Some people may call this having faith, but it's, it's also an acceptance of Uh, that we can't see how everything is unfolding. And sometimes what we perceive at a certain point of our life as bad or negative later on, of course, uh, vision in the rearview mirror is 2020. We can see how useful or actually good that so-called negative perception years back um, actually is. So that's important to keep that in mind. Another thing that I like to bring out to people is learning to accept no in life or rejection as well as yeses. When I was raising my, um, my sons uh, through their childhood, this one, the, the teachings that I implemented when they were eight years old. And I said that your number of yeses from me is directly connected to how well you accept no. And that became a very good teaching that kept me out of a lot of debates and arguments with them. Uh, It worked really well. And the other thing is being willing to see the sacred geometry in everything. So some people choose to look at this uh, life as just chaos and there is no uh, order to it. But the more that I study nature and the more that I study the metaphysics and you're able to see sacred geometry and mathematics in everything, they're just, from my perception, has to be a uh, higher energy that is part of this um, co-creation that we are uh, exhibiting and experiencing. But it's not something to win or something to beat. Um, so there's sayings as, as above, so below, external reflects the internal. You know, and all of this is uh, releasing a victim mentality and choosing to uh, look for the lesson in things or to accept that often things happen for a useful reason and so-called miracles happen every day. So we're going to go even deeper into all of these, but this is just a, a nice beginning and introduction. And moving on to number two, everyone is your teacher. And by using everyone as your teacher, uh, some people you know, feel like they need to travel to India or different uh, locations to find a teacher, and there's no judgment in that. But I had a wonderful teacher back in my past that showed me to use everyone around you to stop looking for the teacher to teach you what to do and pay attention to all the teachers around you that are teaching you constantly what not to do. And that if you can stay out of judgment and merely work with assessment with that, then you can learn so much from other people's failures and successes that we don't have to have as much so-called personal experience with the failure in a physical form, because lots of times observing someone failing will give you about 95% of the information that you can get through the experience. Nothing replaces experience. Let me get that point across very clearly. But we can observe and gain a lot of information through others when we are staying out of that that judgment. It's cause judgment extinguishes opportunities for internal growth. It stops it. So that's why staying out of non-judgment is very important in just staying in success assessment. People are subconsciously playing roles in our life constantly. This work is we'll use the term just a lot. And the term "just" as acronym means journeys unite, seeking transformation. So this is the way that I look at uh, relationships in general, and how relationships have the opportunity to teach us so much. Because basically, we are busy attracting in people and situations into our life to help us to evolve, to help us to grow. So that's why non-emotional reaction is so important. And this is also how it's easy to accept and forgive people for the roles that they play and understand as well, when we change our reactions and actions due to the law of physics, the external has to change as well, other people included, or they have to leave. It is a law of physics. So, Pay attention to both the roles that others are playing in your life and the roles that you may be playing in others' life. Some of the phrases that come up around this is when people say, I can't believe I said that or I can't believe I did that. And that's a good sign of showing that uh, that person is in that situation playing a role. And so many conflicts get started uh, from this unconscious uh, role playing so it's very good to, good to be aware of those situations. You know, we all are very connected. And another big part of that particular pillar is learning to truly want to know what someone is trying to communicate rather than paying attention and reacting to the words. This is very, very important because communication is more important than word selection. It's the word selection that creates all of the triggers from our past. So knowing that an emotional reaction really has very little to do with the situation at hand, and it is an accumulation of many similar situations throughout your whole life. So once again, um, paying attention to the roles that people are playing and the roles that you're playing can bring a lot of uh, clarity with that. And also as we go through this, I'll be repeating things very, very often. And understand that repetition is very needed. And lots of times we avoid listening because somebody may say something that we think that we already know. But just because we've heard it in the past does not mean that we are applying it. So pay attention when you have resistance to what somebody says or how quickly you say, oh, well, yes, I know that. Because the intention of the person and when they're trying to communicate to look past the personal stuff And truly get past the words and the emotional triggers to pay attention to what the person said. Remember, it's how you said it, not what you said. It's the energy that's behind it. So that uh, repetition is very important for us to continue our growth. Number three is polarity versus duality. This is a very interesting one. This plane or this planet From all of my diving deep into this philosophy, developing this philosophy, and studying many other paths and many other ways, uh, I've come to realize that it seems that this whole plane is built around polarity. But duality is a choice. So, polarity is experienced through acceptance. Duality is experienced through resistance. So in this, we're going to be developing a language. So we don't want positive and negative to have the effects on people, as the typical verbiage does, to redefine positive and negative. Just like a positive terminal on a battery and a negative terminal on a battery, both are necessary. One's not good and one's not bad. The North Pole and the South Pole are in polarity, but they're not in duality. And if either one of those shifts slightly... Everything is destroyed. So polarity is very, very important through uh, working with acceptance. And duality is what brings the, the arguments, the debating, the wars. That's where all of, all of uh, duality brings the so-called negative. We have so many examples of this, of yin and yang energies through many different philosophies. The North and South Pole, as I uh, mentioned, the birth and death process, peace and war, night and day. So remember, duality is a choice or judged through perception. But polarity exists out of necessity, just as, uh, you know, friction is necessary for growth. And that's two opposing forces coming together. But the act of making love, the act of creating another human being, the natural process is through an act of friction. The idea of a sprout bursting through a seed to become a beautiful oak tree is frictional bursting through that. So here, you know, is one of the places that I like to bring in to learn to make love with the friction in life. And then everything else is cake. So now we're moving on to number four. This is emotional accountability and responsibility. So here's one that brings challenges to people from time to time. And and I welcome this in because, once again, when we get in our our emotions, the normal uh, want is to express it. And so normally we dump these emotions on to our loved ones and normally we hurt the ones that we love the most with these emotions. So this one is to learn to manage these emotions while me expressing the importance of emotional expression, but it is around the, the right time, the right place, and I'll be describing these in uh, a little bit later in the five external questions, but it's the right time, right place, uh, right person, right duration, right technique, So when you're asking all these questions, it helps you to stay out of this emotional reaction. So uh, stopping that emotional ripple is what I call the art of a love warrior to learning that when someone says or does something to you to create that negativity, that you consciously decide to not pass that on, to not continue that ripple. Um, And part of being willing to uh, not blame others, and to continue this like role-playing, as I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. So to overcome uh, these, these reactions is where the techniques will come in to help you to manage this. So let's just work toward refraining from releasing this negative emotion onto others, and then learn to release the emotion through expression of writing, through speaking, when no one is around and uh, through exercise and meditation and many other techniques that we're going to share, depending on your personal makeup. So emotional accountability. Uh, If you're experiencing some emotion uh, as soon as possible, go for a walk or go for a drive. Say what you wanted to say exactly the way that you wanted to say it. Use the person's name, release the energy, but it works of course most optimally when there is no one around especially the person because then you're not dealing with reactions or a justification or have to get in any kind of conversation about it you're just releasing the energy and once the emotional re- energy is released then you're more likely to be able to go to that person and have a conscious communication type of conversation and resolve the issue that is at hand number 5 is everything is vibration. So, if you change the internal vibration, your thoughts and your reactions, then the external circumstances shift over time due to the laws of resonance. And subtle energy does equal science or physics. Just as energy runs through our walls in our buildings and we can't see it, but we know that it's there. It's the same for subtle energy. Now it's been proven through Western science that we have an aura. There are energy centers within uh, each individual's body from uh, Eastern philosophies. And when these energy centers are all properly functioning, then a person uh, experiences optimal health in all areas. And so our subtle energy is directly connected to our physical body. And so I break this down to where... Uh, the way that I give my, my wellness protocol is a physical or mental dis-ease may stem from a weakness in the energetic field. The energetic field gets weakened through suppression or over-exaggeration of emotions. And the emotions normally stem from failure to communicate in our relationships. So, over 20 years of studying this, developing this, and 10 years working professionally with clients, it does come down to the ability to manage those emotions, to properly process those emotions. And so giving the whole outlook of wellness, it's not about suppressing the emotions, it's about processing the emotions then to uh, help that in a longer-term way, we work at not being affected by those triggers from our past as we release them, then present situations does not affect us in the same way.
0: Now, the knowledge of these five pillars or the foundation of the philosophy isn't just enough. We definitely need a way to apply these techniques to our everyday life, and that is what the techniques or the work represents.
1: Yeah, so the practical application of the techniques. So the five internal options are an internal experience. And this can either be it's a feeling, it's an emotion, it's a sensing that you have, maybe an intuition. And then the fifth variable is detachment. So, once again, this is uh, an introduction to these, and we'll be going into these in full detail in uh, following episodes. So, the next is the five external options. And this is when you're interacting with others. Your options are A, to be neutral and hidden, B, to be beneficial to the situation or the person, C, to remove yourself from the situation, D, If you don't remove yourself, then you may be the cause of the friction in someone else's eyes. Or E, you may be the recipient of the friction. And that's what we call emotional dumping, where people just dump their emotions on you. Then next we have the five external questions in social engagements and the one internal search. So in this, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, is the who, what, When, where, how, and why. The who, is this the right person to discuss this subject with? The what, is this the right subject to discuss with this person? The when, is this the right time to be discussing this subject with this person? Where, is it the right space or surroundings to be talking about this? How, is it the right technique or? of communication to transfer this information. Those are the five external questions. So as you're engaged with anyone, you can go through these internally, asking these questions to know that if what you are presenting is actually being presented in a conscious way. Now, the one internal is the why. And, of course, the, we label this podcast the why's why's. And basically breaking that down to most every time you have the question of why, it tends to be external. And to just simply turn that external question in internally and ask yourself, uh, why am I allowing this to affect me? Why is this hurting my feelings? Why am I going into judgment? Because it's normally always connected to something in your past. So the why is the ongoing internal search turn the wise inside wise wise and next we have the five priorities in relationships so when i do uh, couples consulting or relationship consulting i normally suggest couples to write down these uh, five different priorities and to put them in order and this really helps to establish uh, communication in most any relationship because when we know someone's priorities and that someone knows our priorities then that can cut down on miscommunication a lot because we know where someone's attention is. These priorities are how much of your energy or your time that you're going to give to A, your partner or your intimate relationship, B, your kids or immediate family, brothers, sisters, mother, father, etc., C, social time or hobbies, D, career or life goals, and E, connection to source, God, whatever you would like to call that higher energy. So we all have a limited amount of energy and an infinite amount of energy simultaneously. While we're here on this physical plane, we have a limited amount of energy that we can direct in certain areas. So understand, wherever you put some focus, it creates a void somewhere else. So just being aware of this helps you to uh, be more considerate and conscious in all of your interactions.
0: And finally, we come to the tools or the blueprint. And this is how we properly apply the techniques to the foundation or the pillars.
1: So uh, the tools, there are many, many tools out there. And uh, the tools that I utilize in this work is not necessarily better uh, or more precise than any of the other tools. But I do work around uh, someone's birth information. And I do this in quite a different way from typical astrology. One of the systems that is utilized is called the human design system. And this system illustrates for you and defines for you where you were energetically uh, when you were born and came into connecting with all these other beings. And so depending on where certain things are arranged in this system uh, notates how you respond and relate to the world and how the world responds and relates to you some people are more empathic they take on other people's energy other people's emotions Um, some people are uh, what's called uh, have defined areas like defined minds and crowns to where they are can seem very hard-headed like they don't receive information from anyone Some people can have what's called the heart activated and they can take things way too seriously and be very hard to work with forgiveness. So this system really breaks down, uh, like I said, how you relate to your environment on an energetic basis, which helps, like I said, on all levels. The other tool that uh, we utilize in this system is the destiny card numerology system. So this is based off of Egyptian numerology, but they use a deck of cards for the language. So each suit uh, has a different characteristic, such as the heart people. uh, The hearts are typically uh, people that focus around relationships or connections. Um, The diamond people are normally around things that they're attracted to, financial gain or uh, just what they value. And clubs are uh information, all types of information, and spades is uh, futuristic technology and spiritual information so so knowing the numbers and the the suits really help you to this system defines your personality, and lots of times we have to we have to leave part of our personality behind to become who we were uh destined or who we strive to be and so between these two systems it really helps one to get the blueprint of themselves and the people that are directly involved with them in their uh environment so that they can carry more compassion and more understanding both with themselves and with others going through this this journey of this this philosophy these techniques the tools is all to assist the communication with others to manage the emotions and to help one to feel more present in their life and receiving from life. And remember, receiving is an action. We, we, we put forth effort to receive from this life, and the more understanding that we have, uh, the more I feel that we're able to uh, receive. Those are the main subjects that this podcast will be covering in this ongoing conversation But I did want to mention just a few other subjects that I find very interesting that I look so forward to delving into. And one of them is raising ourselves is very similar to uh, raising children. And by raising ourselves, that's uh, whether you call it seeking consciousness or self-improvement. A lot of techniques that people just use uh, mindlessly with their children, they haven't learned themselves. So understand that it's very challenging to teach somebody with words what you have not mastered or are currently practicing. And that's a very interesting subject. The why. When why comes up, you know, ask yourself, were you clear in your intentions if something doesn't work out uh, the way that you intended? Because lots of times we are loose with our intention. We don't. uh, Some might call it focus. And sometimes when we have a lack of intention or lack of focus, then we will find ourselves in chaos. And that's where a lot of people just choose to live. One of the basic uh, teachings that I like to, to share is if it's hard for you to do, it's probably good for you. Doing what, chal- what is challenging for you uh, is more than likely good for you. And that is what working with that friction is part of that self-growth. In the term wisdom will be heard uh, throughout uh, this work as well. The definition of wisdom here is knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. And I have uh, a poem that wisdom is in the emptying and knowledge is in the learning. And I have met thousands and thousands of knowledgeable people, but I've only met a handful of wise people. The wise have released. They've let go. The intellectuals, The knowledgeable people keep putting stuff in. So seek the wise, beautiful people. Then I have a wonderful connection with threes as well. So I have something that's called the three R's. So anytime we're like working with uh, meditation or directing our children or directing ourselves or directing others even to utilize these three R's. At first, you want to recognize the person or the situation. Secondly, you want to respect the person or the situation. And third, you want to redirect the energy of the person or the situation. So this is a very passive act of strength. So I want to thank everyone for, uh, once again, um, being interested in this information and the process that Aaron and I are going to be sharing this in this podcast and through live teaching demonstrations and experiences. Keep on growing and shining your light, beautiful people. Know that this this life is an ever-evolving process. Uh, It isn't something that you arrive at. So be gentle with yourself and those around you. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals
0: lasting results. I am also excited in being here with Alexander, sharing this information with you guys out there, and sharing the experiences that I've had so far utilizing this information in the last few years that I've known Alexander. So with that, let's begin the conversation.